Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented, and let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And good morning to you. It is a daily tip for BQL presented by BetMGM on this November 15th. Coming up on this Women of Wagertainment Wednesday, we recap last night in the National Basketball Association at 620. Only the best games of week 11 in the NFL, unless we have the guts to check out the bad ones. It is back to the association at 640 to check out tonight's schedule. And if we like anything on the card, we will play read and react during the seven o'clock hour before we bring in Lucy Burge at 720. Will she talk about Taylor Swift? Probably so. I will probably just step out for about half an hour, have a cigarette or something, and then come back in when you guys are done with that conversation. Our Survivor Pool comes your way at 7.40 before we cruise into the 8 o'clock hour with Kate Constable, host of The Better Angle, and then we try to keep our winning ways going at 8.45 with our best bets of the night. Oh, my God, look at my hair. I got I got bedhead. I woke up. I just put on a bunch of hairspray. I'm just trying to make it in this world. How are you doing, Chelsea? Well, we're matching almost. We've got the same yeah. palette. It's the same aesthetic. Wow, we're going nice. for a beige tone, you know, yes. really super it's neutral. The <laughs> it's the trend. Didn't you tell me that families are now taking pictures in all beige or a similar tone, right? All looking like cardboard yes. boxes. That's oh, nice. yes. This is very popular of, among suburban housewives, all of their family in beige tones and they look perfectly neutral it almost looks like they're in a cult like you know those cults <laughs> that make them wear like certain clothes and oh, yeah. i'm sometimes i feel like i want to just comment <laughs> this on their pictures but then i'm like chelsea then you'll have to see them at the next gymnastics practice and you're not gonna do it. want to talk about this because i'm not a confrontational person it's just do you ever have those urges to like comment under people's pictures what you really think Yes, and I just <laughs> scroll forward. I say, Michael, just move on. I don't know what they're doing here. I don't know why you're sharing this, but I'm just going to move forward and let you handle it. 
I think my favorite move that most girls do is they will post a picture where like a certain body part looks good, like either their butt or their legs or, you know, their front side or something. And then they'll do like something completely unrelated. Be like, oh, had to stop by for this ice cream. And it's literally them just sticking their butt out. And you're like, okay, you can say your butt looks good in this picture. That's fine. It's just the deception that I don't like. Yes, it's are you really enjoying ice cream or are you enjoying sticking your butt out while you're enjoying this ice cream? <laughs> I know you're framing it one way, but the way it looks is that you're trying to show off the old gluteus maximus. Chelsea, I got to tell you before we get into our best bets from last night, and it was another good night, especially for you. I had a huge moment of panic yesterday because we had a, a meeting right after our show. We just have a check-in meeting from time to time. Everything went great. But I went home, I got home, and I walk in, I see Bijou, the cat, I start to scratch Bijou, and I look down, I'm like, all right, I got about 30 minutes here before this 10 o'clock meeting. And I'm like, let me plug in my computer. And I look around, I'm like, where, where's my computer? I don't know. Oh my God. And so it was one of two things. Either I left it here in this studio or I left it on the Metro and I didn't know. I could not remember if I left this studio with my computer, which also has this freaking bag, which has a lot of other stuff in it, like my headphones, everything else. So you're talking about a ton of equipment worth not a ton of money, but a significant amount of money. The only computer I have. And I thought if I left this thing on the Metro, I'm not getting it back. It's over. So I came back here, right back here to the studio, right after getting home, and it was the longest ride of my life. It was about 25, 30 minutes. I got here just in time for the meeting, and when I walked in and looked around and I didn't see it at first, my heart dropped, and then I looked, and right there in the corner, there it was. I almost had an anxiety attack before our meeting yesterday. I thought I cannot afford to lose my computer and everything that was in that bag, but it's okay. But there was about a half hour there where I thought I was going to lose my mind. Is it not a backpack? It's like, a is satchel. It not... Oh, okay. I was just Do wondering. Do people even use that word anymore? Is that an old word? I, I, I picked well, up my I... satchel on the way to the apothecary. Well, it's a, I guess I know what you're talking about because I know a lot of people who have this for their laptops. Like it's a laptop yes. carrying case. Like it's not Correct. a purse or a man purse. But I was just wondering, because it's very easy to lose small articles of things you own, but a computer? Like, you didn't <sighs> notice that your hands were a little lighter as you left the studio? <laughs> well, the problem is this, is that I walked out, because I wore a jacket yesterday, because now it's cold in D.C., so I walked mm-hmm. out of the studio, and I was like, oh, it's freezing out here. And then it hit me, Michael, you forgot your jacket. Go back inside, get your jacket. So when I walked in to get my jacket, I set my computer down, put my jacket uh. on, and then went, well, time to go, and just didn't even think about it. So, man, what a blockbuster story. I'll tell this at parties forever. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> I got the computer back, and it's okay. Just wait until I regale you at the time I almost lost my computer. You guys settle in for this one. It's going to be a good one. Let's settle in and talk about our best bets because, Chelsea, you've had a perfect week thus far. Tell us about it. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers over his points prop of 21 and a half. And boy, what a night he had against the Sixers. 33 points, 15 assists, and zero turnovers. 
So yes, I won my bet, but I think the larger topic here is the historic stretch that Halliburton is on because now he becomes the first player with 25 points, 15 assists, and zero turnovers in consecutive games since individual turnovers turnovers were tracked in 1977. So what a stretch Tyrese Halliburton has been on, and I'm glad that I could make some money off of it. Yes, well done. No problem winning that bet. I went one and one, and I'm angry because do you ever make a couple of bets, and then when you're done with the show, you think, I don't know if I like that bet any longer. Does that happen to you? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, it's always the second I, one, too. It's the second one, yes. Yeah. So I had Bruins on the money line against the Sabres. That was the winner. Bruins went 5-2. I had the Knights against my Caps. And that was sort of a happiness hedge because I'm a Caps fan. The Caps win it 3 nothing. I thought the Knights were good value there. That was a loss. And the more I thought about that, I thought, mm, I'm not quite sure that I like this bet. Regardless, one-on-one one night for this guy. As for the Donkster, tough night all the way around. He had San Diego State laying 13 against Long Beach State. SDSU wins 88-76, so he loses that one by a point. And then Maction, Akron at Eastern Michigan under 39. Eastern Michigan wins 30-27 to in double overtime, so that was a loser as well. So for the week, Chelsea, you are 3-0, and I am 3-1, and and the Donkster is 1-3. and It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM, the king of parlays. Go ahead, bet a parlay. You deserve it. You've earned it. Let's all bet parlays today and cash if we can. And let's start with NBA Tuesday from last night where the T-Wolves dropped the Warriors 104-101. T-Wolves went off as three-point favorites. That was a push. T-Wolves minus 155 on the money line. Total set at 215 and a hook the under hits. The biggest story of this game, at least initially, was Steph Curry sitting out because of a sore knee. Instead, we get a brawl two minutes into the game. Jaden McDaniels, Clay Thompson go at it. Thompson gets his jersey torn. So what happens? Of course. Of course, Draymond Green comes in and decides to put Rudy Gobert in a headlock from behind. Draymond is such yeah. a punk. He is such a punk. I am so sick of Draymond Green playing the 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 victim role. Like there's a difference between holding someone back and then saying I'm going to put you in a headlock. Just what a punk move. When the dust settled, Carl Anthony Towns, 33 and 11. Anthony Edwards, 20 points. Minnesota wins its seventh straight. And all of those players involved in that brawl, Jaden McDaniels, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, all ejected. Rudy Gobert gets to stay in because he wasn't doing anything that out of place. This should be about basketball. Instead, it's going to be once again a referendum on what's going on with Draymond. Oh, for sure. It always has to be about Draymond. But going into this game, there was some drama because Rudy Gobert was running his mouth about Draymond. He said every time Steph doesn't play, he wants he doesn't want to play without his guy. So he does anything he can to get ejected. And what do you know? Draymond yeah. got ejected from this game. So I don't know if he stuck it to Rudy Gobert or not. Like he just proved his point. So I don't know what the takeaway is. Is anybody shocked at this point by what Draymond Green does? I don't think I am. I was shocked that he could get a headlock on somebody who mm -hmm. was so tall because, you know, just by the rule of, like, physics, 
it's hard to get a headlock on somebody who's like seven feet tall. It's probably the first time he's been put in a headlock. But yes, same old story for Draymond Green. Same old story when it comes to starting drama. Oh, my God. What makes me so angry is we have to listen to this whole, oh, well, the referees, they just target me. Yes. Yes, they do. They do. And they should. It's like when a guy has a criminal record and then another crime happens and the guy's like, man, why do the police keep coming to my door and asking me these questions? Like, why do you think, dude? Why do you think? Because you're always involved. And then you have the audacity to act like, oh, I don't know why they're just targeting. Give me a break, dude. Give me a break. Warriors now six and six after dropping five straight. In Oklahoma City, the Thunder handle the Spurs. 123.87, Thunder laying 10, Thunder minus 480 on the money line. And the total set at 237 at BetMGM, the under hits. We wanted to see a battle between Victor Wimbanyama and Chet Holmgren, who are combined 87 feet tall. Neither was great in this game. <laughs> Wimby goes for 8 points, 14 rebounds, shoots 415 from the field. Holmgren, 9.7 boards, so it is our guy SGA. Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, 28.6 boards, 5 assists, 7 steals. In fact, Oklahoma City sets a franchise record with 19 steals on the night, and they cruise to the victory, Chelsea. I actually got to watch some of this game, and I think the you best did? part was no. the jump ball. Yeah, because it was actually on TV. The Wimby and Chet jump ball, the picture of this is awesome. It's just two mile-long arms and then a basketball at the top. Like, it looks like it should be a Christmas ornament or something. Uh, because usually, everybody in the NBA is pretty lanky, but these two take the cake. So what a sight to be seen. And you're right. It was a little anticlimactic. We didn't get the star performance that we thought we would see, at least from Wimby's side. But the other mm -hmm. thing is, I'm surprised the players aren't affected by these courts. Because it is jarring. When you watch these games and they have these bright blue courts, it looks like one of those pictures where you stare at, stare at it, and then mm -hmm. after a few seconds, you're supposed to see like the negative image. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I yeah, wonder absolutely. if it affects their shooting. I think it has to have some sort of effect, right? I would imagine if you're James Harden, maybe that's his excuse because he can't hit the broad side of a barn right now. Did you see, did you see that, that video from a few nights ago? where he, in the middle of the game, is running his hand over the bottom of his soles, just like rubbing the bottom of his shoes, like getting ready to get a grip so he can just like knock one down from deep, and he does this and then shoots an air ball. That's like, dude, oh God. What, what are you doing? I don't know if he's distracted. He's just playing bad basketball. But I would imagine it does take some sort of adjustment when you're used to playing on hardwood, which is what a, a wood color, and then you look down and there's turquoise everywhere. I guess I would say maybe they played on something like this back in AAU basketball, but that's like eons ago for guys like mm -hmm. LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. And speaking of the Clippers, man, they lost again. They actually played the Nuggets pretty closely, but damn, they only have three wins this season. The Clippers are in a hellhole and it feels like they can't get out. I guess there is some glimmer of hope when you keep it close with the Nuggets yeah but yeah they blew it they well you also have james harden and russell westbrook on your team two guys that 
I, I don't think I've gone for, I used to love James Harden, and I don't know if I've soured on a player like I've soured on James Harden over the past couple of years because he's become so inefficient. And then also this tantrum that he threw in Philly, and now he wanted to go to L.A., and now he's with a guy in Westbrook who isn't efficient either. It's just a bad fit. Well, it's also when you complain and act like a diva, but you don't produce on the court, yep. that's what people get mad about. Because you can act like a diva all you want if you put up when you get on the floor and you actually give us a reason to put up with all right. of your diva tantrums. Because NBA players do that all the time. But James Harden, not even good half the time. Yeah, it's been a tough watch. Coming up in five minutes here on the show, Chelsea. We will look at the games worth watching this week in the National Football League and if Joey B and the Bengals can pull the upset in Charm City. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. We have the same color tones on this morning. It's going to be a great Wednesday. The Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM continues after this. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. It's Wednesday, right? It is Wednesday? Yes, it's Wednesday. Thank you to our producer, Bill Roland, for shaking his head. Yes. So I can see that on the corner of my eye. Yes, it's, it's definitely Wednesday. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Great to be with you. Midweek here on the show and coming up in just a couple minutes, we are talking week 11 in the NFL by looking at the best games on the schedule, like the Bengals and the Ravens on Thursday night. Finally, a good Thursday night football game. Ravens coached by John Harbaugh. I want to talk about Jim Harbaugh for a second, and I don't want to talk about the Michigan cheating scandal. I mean, we can, but I feel like that's been done again and again and again. I saw yesterday on Twitter... (laughs) Jim Harbaugh is such a weird dude. Did you see this, Chelsea? We're back in 2013. He sat in the audience for a Judge Judy episode. Apparently, he's a massive Judge Judy fan, and he calls Judge Judy, quote, his role model for truth-telling. Nobody tells the truth like Judge Judy. And in this episode, there's a cutaway of the people in the courtroom and it's Jim Harbaugh sitting with his dad and they are getting a kick out of the whole thing, enjoying all of it. For some reason, this just seems like something that makes perfect sense when you think about Jim Harbaugh. Have you ever done anything like this? Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like, he's a weird dude. Like remember back when people thought it was like quirky and fun when he was doing these like weird things. Because I remember back when there was some deal with a recruit where he, like, wanted to have a sleepover or something. I'm like, sleepover with teenage boys sounds a little, I don't know, creepy. And then this week, I think he said he was, like, under the weather, and he said he would, like, rub some dirt on it and do a few push-ups. And then we all remember the quote about, like, not eating chicken because it's a nervous bird. Like, come on, man. At some point, it's quirky, and then now it's just starting to get old. Like, you already know my opinion on Jim Harbaugh. I have not liked him for a long time. 
just because of a personal run-in with him. But uh, now, hmm, oh, man, you hate to see it. Michigan in trouble? Oh, darn. <laughs> just imagine if you went on a date with Jim Harbaugh. I know you're happily married. Ugh. I'm just saying, no, no, I'm just saying, hypothetically, for you or anyone else, you go out with this guy and you say, tell me about yourself. Well, I coach football. I wear khakis every day. I love milk with my steaks. And I'm a big Judge Judy guy. You probably say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and go. I'm going to walk out right now. He's just, he is a really, really odd bird a strange strange person i know you know that but the more you learn the more you realize this whole cheating thing all that's a part of it none of it seems out of character the more we get to know who jim harbaugh is well there's a difference between being weird and being a cheater like there are plenty of weird guys out there that are stand-up mm -hmm. guys they're just kind of weird so i don't know if it's his like competitive nature but also, I think you kind of do have to be a bit of a psychopath to be a successful college football coach. Like, think about Nick Saban. Think about him at, like, an everyday mm -hmm. average job. I feel like he would be chewing out people in, like, aisle seven. Be like, this is not put at the correct position. Like, these people who are football coaches who are wildly successful, they mm -hmm. don't belong in normal person jobs. They're psychos. And I feel like they would probably tell you that and probably say it with pride. So I think there's a bit of that in there, but I don't know, did we see it coming with Jim Harbaugh? Like, is this the first time that there has been cheating stuff surrounding Michigan? Because I always date back to, you know, the Bill Belichick and Patriot stuff, where it was right. like a lot of stuff. And it was like a lot of fishy things where like it was starting to pile up. So school me if I'm wrong here, is this the first time or has there been other instances I guess you could say the the cheeseburger stuff, the NCAA violations that weren't oh, even that yeah. long ago. Well, that I would put on the NCAA. Like, come on, guys. The NCAA yeah, just that hands out arbitrary punishment all the time. Like, whoa, wait a second. We just woke up from being asleep for the past three and a half weeks. We saw this cheeseburger incident, and we're going to have to do something about it. But I will say, no, I, there's not a history of this at Michigan. Now, there is a history of sign stealing, of cheating. That's happened forever in college football. It's just to this degree where you never see it, where they're actually breaking a bylaw, an NCAA bylaw, by having someone scout in season at an opposing team's game. That is against the rules. So it's one thing if you're stealing signs during a game, that's part of the game. But if you're doing it by by building a significant advantage by breaking a rule that is in place, that's where the real sticking point is. But frankly, I feel like this is cheating has been done in college football in the pros forever. It's just at what point does it go so far where, okay, now we have to institute some sort of punishment here because this guy, Connor Stallions, is on the sidelines with his glasses on and he's recording plays. Then it's like, okay, what's going on here? Thank <laughs> you.
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The wild part to me is the amount of lengths that people are willing to go to to defend Michigan and to defend, you know, Jim Harbaugh. Because I would say normally if a guy is a bad person or a bad coach, you would not hear a peep from the other players and the other coaches. But we saw the damn assistant coach crying like massive (laughs) tears on the sidelines saying, that's my guy, Jim Harbaugh, and just went on this tangent to where you're like, dude, he didn't die. So the passion yeah. and, you know, the the way that people are defending uh, Jim Harbaugh, like, I guess he's well-liked, but you could say that about a lot of charismatic leaders that even though they are not in the right, they have brainwashed people to follow their footsteps. So I don't know if I would go that far saying that about Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> But you get what I'm saying. Like, has it surprised you how much people have defended him? Well, the people that are defending them or defending him are Michigan people. So I'm not. Right. And here's the thing. You have to draw a (laughs) distinction here. I don't think Jim Harbaugh is a bad guy. He's a weird guy. I don't think he's a Mm -hmm. bad guy. But the people that are defending him are people who are part of the Michigan program or the players the assistant coaches, the fans, like the mental gymnastics that people will go through to defend someone who is clearly doing something wrong is pretty amazing to me. And I don't buy for one second that this is going on, but Jim Harbaugh didn't know. Like, come on, man. Just just use common sense here. He knew it was going on. We'll see how it plays out. I said, oh, I'm not going to talk about the cheating scandal, but I'm talking about the cheating scandal. I understand why people are defending him. It's all Michigan people. I will say this, though. This has made Michigan better, oddly enough. You would think something like this would be a distraction, maybe tear them apart. And instead, it's just galvanized them where the assistant coach is crying. Blake Corum is wearing a hat that says Michigan against the world. Yes. I'll tell you what. You know who's pissed off at Michigan right now? Sudan. Chad. (laughs) Turkey. Indonesia. The world is angry at Michigan. No, 
you broke some rules and the NCAA is investigating. How about John Harbaugh? Oh, and the Ravens hosting the Bengals on Thursday night football, Chelsea. Ravens laying four and a half points. Three and a half, I should say. Ravens minus 190 on the money line. Bengals plus 155. Total set at 46. This spread has come down from Ravens minus four. So we see some Cincinnati money coming in. The total has gone up two and a half points from 43 and a hook. Finally, a good matchup in the National Football League on a Thursday night. I think... I think the Bengals are the right side here if you're getting more than three. If you're getting three, I'll take the Ravens. But if it's over three, which it is now, I'll take Cincinnati. Yeah, it feels like a no-brainer almost. It almost seems too easy. When you see an AFC North matchup and a good team getting over a field goal in a game that has a relatively, well, I guess... 46 is pretty high for an AFC North matchup. But the point being, when you're getting a good Bengals team at over a field goal, I think we have seen normally how this goes down. Like we saw it in the Super Bowl. Bengals didn't win, but they sure covered against the Ravens, or excuse me, against the Rams. So I think I will be taking the points here. It has nothing to do with the matchups. It has nothing to do with the X's and O's. Although Joe Burrow is also uh, usually a good matchup breaker. But still, it's all about a divisional matchup and over a field goal. I'll take the Bengals as well. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm surprised the total has gone up, to be honest with you. I would now, now that it's gone up to 46, I kind of like the under based on that Ravens defense. But I'm like you. If you're getting more than three and a half with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals and In a divisional game, these divisional games tend to be so, so close in the AFC North. I'm going to go Cincinnati here at three and a half. Steelers and Browns, Chelsea. Browns laying four. Browns minus 200 on the money line. Steelers are plus 165. Your total is set at 36 and a half. That total down from 38 and a half. And I really like the under. Do I want to play it up and hit the under? Because you've got the Browns which have a top-five defense, no question about it, a Steelers offense that can barely move the football. And then, yeah, Deshaun Watson was good in the last couple of quarters against the Ravens last week, but so what? That means nothing to me. The, The totality of what we've seen from Deshaun Watson once he joined the Browns is that he's meh, he's mid at best, as the kids like to say. So the Ravens lead the NFL in sacks. I think this will be a defensively dominated football game. So I'm going to go under. I, I'm a little nervous when I see a number that low at 36 and a half, because yeah. in that instance, you could have a defensive touchdown that throws things completely askew. And that's really how the Steelers have kept in these ball games. It's not because of their offense. It's because of their defense, forcing turnovers, keeping uh, the other team kind of out of the end zone. So I think that's why I would lean towards the Steelers here. If you think it's going to be that low scoring, you take the points here. The Steelers are one of those teams that are kind of feast or famine. Like usually they'll keep it close. And Mm -hmm. again, same handicap as the last one with the Bengals and the Ravens. It's an AFC North matchup. We know the numbers on Mike Tomlin as an underdog, one of the best underdog coaches in the entire NFL. So I'll take the four points with the Steelers there. 
Although there is one matchup that I think could probably break this one wide open. We have seen the Steelers uh, allow a pretty hefty number of uh, yards per carry against the run. And the Browns are coming off a game where Jerome Ford has picked up the pace, had 107 rushing yards against the Ravens uh, last time around. So maybe that's the matchup to key in there is the Steelers against the run, which is kind of surprising. They do have a good defense, but uh, just Mm -hmm. not one of the better run defenses. Well, maybe you look at a player prop on Jerome Ford, who has done a really nice job in filling in for Nick Chubb. Ford, when he's healthy, has been very good. Maybe that's something you look at when it comes to facing the Steelers, if you don't want to bet a side or a total. Well, I like the Steelers more. So I don't want to put myself in a predicament where I'm rooting for opposite things. Because if you are taking the running back for the Browns, you want the Browns to be winning. Mm -hmm. So I would rather be rooting for an outright Steelers win as opposed to rooting for two sides of the coin. Very fair. I want to ask you about Monday Night Football, and this is going to be a great game. Eagles at the Chiefs. The Chiefs opened as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Then they went up to three. Now back down to two-and-a-half. Chiefs minus 145 on the money line. The Eagles are plus 125, and your total is 46. That is down from 48-and-a-half. So we're seeing... Little vacillation there as far as the Chiefs and the spread. I think you like the Eagles here, don't you? Well, I like them in a teaser because I do think it's going to be a close yeah. game. I don't see the Chiefs blowing out the Eagles. Uh, but I think the bye week could not have come at a better time for Philadelphia here. So they've had some time for Jalen Hurts to rest and recover and hopefully get mm-hmm. 100% healthy before this huge matchup that is a rematch of the Super Bowl. So you know the Eagles are going to be up for this one. So I think I'd take the points here. I wish it was three. Obviously, it was at three, but you kind of missed the boat there. Which way do you think this line's going to move, though? Because usually we see the Eagles Mm. pretty well bet because betting is legal in the state of Pennsylvania. Also, it's a huge brand-name team. But also, you could say the same thing for the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you think this line stays where it's at? I think what's going to happen is we're going to see exactly what we've seen over the past 24 hours, which is this will get to three, and then we'll see Eagles money come in and bring it back down to two and a half. Maybe it settles in on three. This is a tough one. I I believe the Chiefs are probably the right side here. It looks to me like when you see the Eagles and you're getting points here, man, it just screams Philly to me. And again, when I see a line like that, I think maybe Kansas City is the right side. So I like the Chiefs at two and a half, but then you get to three. Maybe it's the Eagles. This is going to be one of those games that is right there while I feel like the numbers are just right there on point set by the bookmakers. Coming up next year on the show, who's going to win the NBA Cup? Who cares? Regardless, we're going to get our favorite plays on the hardwood tonight. It is next on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Come on back on this Wednesday. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back, man. It's a Wednesday. Thanks, Double D. 
It is the Daily Tip of QL presented by BetMGM. Good morning to you. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger, live in Nashville, Tennessee, coming up in just a bit. The Celtics and 76ers headline tonight's NBA slate, just like they did a week ago. Chelsea, we were talking about Wimby earlier in the show, Victor Wimbanyama, and I was reading a college basketball story that the Florida Gators men's basketball team, they just got a commitment for next season from a teenager who currently holds the world record for being the tallest teenager in the world. He's from Quebec. Seven foot six, Olivier Ryu, even taller than Wimby, weighs 300 pounds, just a three-star recruit. However, if you think Wimby is tall, wait until you get a load of Olivier Ryu. I cannot wait to see this cat on the basketball court next season. At what point will we see in our lifetimes, maybe you and I are doing this show, we've done it for 20 years, we're still getting it done, and I say, Chelsea, you're not going to believe it. The first eight-footer has committed to Florida, or the first eight-footer is coming over from Europe to play in the NBA. It's amazing how the human body continues to grow and get bigger. We see this in the NFL, right? Where offensive linemen used to be back in the 50s, like, ooh, you're a little over 200 pounds. You get on the line. Now it's, this guy's 375. He's a monster. But it's just crazy to me that we're going to have a seven foot six player in college basketball. Well, it doesn't mean he's necessarily going to be good. Because we've seen this. Just because you're tall does not make you good at basketball all of the time. That is true. I think there was a guy for, I think it was maybe Arkansas, that was like super tall and skinny. I'm like, what's that guy doing? He should be getting every rebound. But when you have yeah. a body that's that tall and lanky, it's probably harder to control your limbs. That's why when you see a player like Victor Wimignana, who has such good handles for that type of frame... It's so impressive because he is a literal freak of nature He's in more ways than one. Like not only is he really tall, but the way that he can control his body, I think is the more impressive part. So there's got to be some reason why he's only a three-star recruit, right? Yes. He gets some credit for being tall. I don't know his game. I will give you my scouting report on him once I have time. But he's tall. I would imagine <laughs> look, you just take a guy like that. You just take a guy like this guy's tall. This guy around the rim, he can grab you some boards. He's good at blocking shots. There's your scouting report. Probably lacks some athleticism because you mentioned it. It's just difficult to be that tall and also at the same time be someone who is that athletic. Oh, here he is right here. Yeah, he is lanky. So we'll keep tabs on him. Let's talk some NBA. Let's talk about the tall guys in the association. And we start on this Women of Wagertainment Wednesday with the Celtics at the 76ers. The Seas, is this right? They're laying three and a half points. Celtics minus 155, Sixers plus 125, total set at 223 and a half. Chelsea, how should we bet this game? Man, I really liked this game last night because it was sitting at Celtics minus two. I was following the Sixers game against the Pacers because obviously I had a prop in that game. Uh, and so that game went down to the wire. And usually when you have the Sixers coming off a back-to-back, -back, 
Joel Embiid is going to be a little worn down, especially playing in a close game the night before. But there was a big blip on the injury radar yesterday as well because Kristaps Porzingis once again is listed as questionable. It's the same old story because here's the thing. Kristaps Porzingis has been a massive uh, addition to the Celtics roster this season. In fact, he's having uh, a career resurgence, averaging almost 20 points per game and just came off a massive game against the Sixers last time around, had 29 points in that game. He did miss the game winner. So you would think that, you know, he wants to do better this time, but he's questionable for this game. So originally I really liked the Celtics minus two. This line is gone all the way to three and a half, which makes me think that there is a chance that Porzingis is going to play. When you see something like this, where there is a star player who is questionable, because we're going to deal with this a lot during the NBA season, especially because we are a morning show. Do you try to guess if this player is playing, or do you simply sit out this game and say, okay, if he doesn't play, I don't like this bet, and I don't want to risk it? Oh, man. I don't know. This early in the morning is definitely tough to cap NBA. I I feel like, at least for me, handicapping the NBA is the hardest sport to handicap. That's just personal to me. I find it very difficult. And one of the reasons you mentioned is, yes, who's going to play, who's not. Sometimes we find out minutes before the game, an hour before the game. Right now, it's 647 in the East. None of these decisions have been made. I, I guess, first of all, didn't we just handicap this game a week ago? Is this going to be like Mariners and the Twins during baseball season where we saw this game 85 times in two weeks? Is it going to be Celtics and the 76ers again? I'm already tired of handicapping this game. I'm going to go with the Sixers. They've won 80 straight. They're 5-0 and against the number in their last five games. They're 8-1 and against the number this season. That's tops in the NBA. So I don't know what's going to happen with Embiid. At some point, the Sixers do have to come back to earth a little bit. But I would lean Philly in this spot. The line movement doesn't scare you because that's why I feel like the Celtics are probably the play because this line yeah. moved quick. And even with the news of Kristaps Porzingis being questionable. So this mm-hmm. line was, I think it opened at one and a half. I got it at two it and I immediately bet it because I knew that it would go up. And what do you know? It's sitting at three and a half. So maybe this is one of those where you monitor the line movement throughout the day and you wait for the injury report because what Porzingis is doing in that offense is nothing short of incredible. And I think a lot of people saw this coming because when he doesn't have to be the spotlight player, when he can be the third option, he's really good. And he's been fantastic in this offense Uh, for the season. I believe he's shooting, uh, let's see, 56% from the field. And like I said, averaging 20 points per game. And in that offense, he has been so good. So I think that is the big question mark going into this one. If he plays, I am definitely on the Celtics here. Okay, well, let's go to the Valley of the Sun. Timberwolves in town. Suns laying five and a half. Suns minus 225. T-Wolves plus 185. Total set at 227 and a half. I think I'm going to lay the points with the Suns here. The big three. Finally. Finally making their debut tonight in Phoenix. It's about time. By by the way, remember when the big three used to be LeBron and D-Wade and Chris Bosh, and now there's been a million big threes over the years, like since then? Oh, here's the new big three. But first it was Bradley Beal, 
joining KD on the court because Beal had a back injury and then Devin Booker was out with a calf strain. So you're talking about the T-Wolves in clearly a physical game last night against the Warriors, back-to-back nights for Minnesota. And you really can't put a lot of credence into what we've seen from the Suns so far because we haven't seen the big three on the court. I think they put it together tonight against a tired Timberwolves team. I will lay the points with Phoenix. Yeah, and it's also tough to tell this early in the season how teams are going to perform off back-to-backs because we just don't have that big of a sample size. I'm looking down the games, and I'm not seeing a single back-to-back for Minnesota. So you're right. Normally in this position where you have played back-to-back games against Golden State, one of the premier contenders in the NBA, it feels like mentally Minnesota is going to be a little worn down going into this game against Phoenix. I will say the Timberwolves as underdogs this year, though, have been really good with uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, uh, or no, it's three. Three straight uh, wins as underdogs straight up. So not only covering the number, but winning straight up. So it's been a great season for Minnesota. We know this. I just think the steam kind of comes to an end tonight. Maybe that explains just why the line is where it is. But I do think just by the book that Phoenix is the right side here. Let's go to Toronto, shall we? Bucks at the Raptors tonight, Chelsea. The Bucks are laying four and a half points. Bucks minus 190 on the money line. Raptors plus 155. Total set at 226 and a half. I love the Raptors here. What do you think? Yeah, that was my initial reaction. Is This is a good Raptors team getting the four and a half at home. And this line opened at five. So we have seen some money coming in on Toronto here. I just think Milwaukee may be a touch overvalued here. They are 0-7 against the spread in their last seven games. So Milwaukee has not been covering numbers. Now they're laying points on the road again. I will take Toronto gladly with the points here. Oh, my God, yes. Whatever you do, fade the Milwaukee Bucks until they prove otherwise. Ten games into the season, they are 1-9 against the spread in the first half. They are 1-8-1 and against the spread over the full game. This is the worst covering team in the league. They start slow, they finish slow. So even when they win, they're just not covering numbers and you get four and a half with the Raptors at home. Yeah, I'll absolutely take the Raptors here until I see that the Bucks can cover a number which they have not been able to do. Finally, Chelsea, two more games on the slate here. I'll let you pick which one you like. We have Knicks and Hawks in Atlanta and then we also have the Kings visiting La La Land, taking on LeBron and the Lakers. You like either one of these? It feels like you should take the Kings, right? Like against the Lakers. And this one opened at two and a half. And mm-hmm. it just feels like a Lakers team that usually is overvalued at home. Uh, but I haven't seen much of the Kings playing this year. Like it's just a West Coast team. I don't get to watch their games. But they have been really good against the number in previous matchups against the Lakers. Five and one against the number in their last six games against the Lakers. I would imagine that this is one where uh, maybe you have to watch the injury reports. I always feel like uh, there's something going on with Anthony Davis. Sometimes it's LeBron James. But this is a Sacramento team coming off three straight wins coming into this game. And I guess you could say the same for the Lakers. But beating the Grizzlies is nothing. Like, the Grizzlies are terrible this year. So maybe not something to brag about. I don't know. I think I'd take the Kings, but not my favorite game. I just made this a bro bet. Bro. Bro. It's King James, bro. 
Dude, the Kings haven't been good since White Chocolate was playing, bro. I mean, come on. It's LeBron, it's the Lakers. Take the Lakers on the money line. Don't worry about it. Come over here and spot me. Come on back during the show. What in the world are the 2-8 and eight Patriots going to do with Bill Belichick? We will discuss when we play it. Read and react next. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com SportsFan and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.